from Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Today we kick off a series of interviews with farmer Allison Parker of Radical Root Organic Farm. As we sit around her farmhouse kitchen table, Allison shares her farm startup story and how, despite not coming from a farming or even an outdoorsy family, she found her love for growing things first through literature. A self-taught first-generation farmer, Allison Parker launched Radical Root Organic Farm with her husband, Alex Needham, in 2009. It is a certified organic family farm in the Chicago suburbs of Libertyville, Illinois, located on land accessed through an innovative land trust partnership, where she's reinventing a 150-year-old farm through organic and permaculture principles. We are here with Allison Parker of Radical Root Organic Farm in her lovely farmhouse kitchen, drinking her home-brewed kombucha. Thanks, Allison, for letting us stop by. You're welcome. So your farm story, tell me... Your roots, did you grow up on a farm or have ag in your background? No, we do not have any, actually, (laughs) ag in our background, either of our backgrounds. So Alex and I are both first-generation farmers. We have no family that had ever farmed before, um, except, well, there's some, maybe possibly some ancestors on my side that were sheep farmers in Texas, but I'm not sure exactly. So it's in your genetic code, but you didn't yeah. have grandma's farm you went to for summers or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. And actually, I came from a very non-outdoorsy family in general. So <laughs> it's uh, sort of funny that this is our, our lives in a way. Um, Where did you grow up? So I'm originally from Houston, Texas, um, and we kind of grew up in an urban environment there. And then we moved to the Chicago suburbs um, in Lake County um, a little before high school for me. So, um, so yeah, I've been in this area for a while. But yeah, I didn't actually um, ever, we, we never, you know, I never really had much of a connection to food or anything outdoorsy. Um, but I was always really interested in it. So in high school is when I sort of started reading a lot. Um, I became like a vegetarian and then a vegan in high school and became very um, involved with food issues. Um, and just, you know, I was one of those like weird teenagers and like protesting in front of McDonald's about factory farms. So um, <laughs> it just it kind of was a, a natural evolution, I think, because in college I got really um, I was really always really interested in environmentalism. And in college, I studied environmental literature. That was my major. And that's when I first kind of like stumbled onto farming. Um, I was part of the Earth First organization at my college. And someone there was really involved in permaculture farming, actually. I'd never heard of permaculture farming or, and you know, I didn't even really think about growing my own food as like an environmental act. 
um, before that. So, but up uh, until this point, you hadn't really grown much yourself, but you exactly. were exactly. Oh yeah. I hadn't like grown. I mean, yes, exactly. I hadn't grown anything. So it's amazing. The number of women in particular, I think that come to agriculture through literature, or start reading anything yeah. from and Wendell then, Berry on and something sparks. Yeah. And that actually is kind of what happened to me too, because I did start thinking like, well, I did this program called the Environmental Corps, and after that, I was sort of like, well, I'm going to work on a farm after that. Um, and Alex, and my husband, and at that time was my boyfriend, um, he was not super interested in, uh, he, was, he was interested in environmentalism and food, but wasn't, didn't know if like, that was the right route for us. But, so I went off by myself and worked at a farm, and it was that farm that I worked it was like this raw milk dairy farm and, and CSA, vegetable CSA. Here in the Midwest or? It was actually in Texas. Texas. So, yes, we were in Austin at that time. Um, but I read Michael Pollan's Omnivore's Dilemma. And this is like, yeah, it was 11 years ago. So I read that book. And then I read um, Nourishing Traditions, which is not a book, but it's a cookbook. So And there's lots to read in it. And she talks a lot about traditional farming Sally in that. Fallon's, yeah. yeah. And I read Jessica Prentice's um, Full Moon Feast. Have you read that book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, such a good book. So those three books, I just had never, I totally, well, first of all, I totally broke my vegetarianism after that because I was thinking, oh, there are Me other too. ways. Me too. Michael guilty of that. Yeah. Uh, but, but once I learned, like you, where food comes from and knowing your farmer and where meat comes from, that it made sense. Do you know yeah. I wasn't, I could... I call myself now a picky a vegetarian who's a picky meat eater. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, and also, I sort of a funny story for you too is that um, at that time, my my one of my good friends, or actually, is right before I started farming. Right before I worked on the farm, she gave me a book and she gave me Rural Renaissance oh, by really? you guys. And she and the inscription uh, is really cute. It says, um, "Hey, this is kind of like what you always talk about, you know." That reminded me of you. So here and oh, and here we are. Here, there's I know. And that was like 12 years ago, or maybe 13 years. I don't know. It's a while ago. It's a long time ago. It was yeah. felt like a long time. I mean, yeah, I was living in Chicago then, so it was a while ago. <laughs> That's awesome. So you were reading, and then you were working on a farm, and things clicked. Yeah, they did. They really did. I just felt like I knew that that was exactly, you know, like I could, like the idea, like I could be steward of the land and um, have this like uh, really like connection to like deep food, deep nutrition and like to our food. And um, it was at that time that I started also working on medicinal herb farms. I had a couple apprenticeships doing that. And um, with different herbalists. So I got really involved in medicinal plants too. And so it all just kind of came together where I was, I knew that I wanted to farm somehow. Um, and yeah, and I know, I know I wanted to like help people be healthier and help the land wherever I was be healthier. So yeah. So I you, mean, you've always had a strong, you kind of developed your mission and had yeah. a strong mission and then found the skill sets you needed to make that happen exactly exactly yeah. yeah well and also too to your credit you didn't have a midlife crisis like a lot of us ever <laughs> or i mean just get tracked in other ways especially after school of whatever corporate jobs or right. more mainstream things so it sounds like you i mean you had support obviously from alex who yeah you you are on the same path with but uh you were supported in that opportunity to explore things. 
Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of interesting because we did start, you know, we started we started pretty young to, I um, mean, I was working You were on babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By all standards. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we, we started working on farms together, you know, in our 20s still. And so we were, and before that, I'd worked in environmental corps and did one more AmeriCorps program. And that was all I had done, really. So a good thing is that I wasn't ever used to making a lot of money. So it was kind of like this natural, <laughs> it was okay that we weren't making a lot of money. Um uh, so, because we had also been used to that. There's something to be said about there that. There is. Though. There is something. If you get used to a lean, you do. frugal lifestyle exactly. and you're passionate about what you do, that, that adds up quickly. It's true. So, when you started, so you, you worked on the farm, and then what were other ways you um, learned? Because it sounds like you've always been self taught in this, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So, my. Um, my whole idea was when we started working on farms is that I wanted to gain as much of that experience as possible. So I wanted to make sure that we had a couple, at least a few internships like under our belt. Um, and we, and I wanted to make sure that there were farms that were really good, would be good at like teaching us things. Um, so we learned a lot through that and a lot of book learning, um, we've read, I mean, it's just like lots of research, um, tons of workshops. Moses conferences has been, have been great mm-hmm. um, over the years. And yeah, really anything. I mean, I did a permaculture program and when I was in Austin because I really wanted to gain that knowledge. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've done, I've, I feel like we've you know, worked on several farms and then as much um, other like workshop type things as we possibly could. So you did your research and self-education for a couple of years there. So so net-net is don't jump in too quickly is what you're advising too for beginning farmers or yes. take advantage of all these. Because it's great. There are so many opportunities now to there are. learn. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool. And especially, I mean, and, and if, you know, if, if you're in college, like there's even, there's programs that did not exist when I was in college about sustainable food systems and all these other things. So... Um, yeah, but there's tons of, I mean, just working on a farm, you know, you gain so much from, you know, one internship or even better two and, or three even better than that. I mean, it's just and a it lot. It sounds of, like when you were working on farms and doing these internships, something, how would you describe it? Like clicked for you? Like this was what you were meant to do or yeah. was it more of a touch and go or challenging process or did you just always Ew. feel... Yeah, it was um it was definitely sort of like a what I felt I was meant to do. Just it was awesome. you know, that was like the like that like I said, the first farm I worked at where I broke my vegetarianism, you know, I had I got went there a vegetarian and I, you know, was butchering chickens by, you know, a few weeks after I got there. So I mean it was um So be open minded too. Yeah. Right? You never know where <laughs> things might go. So it's it's true. It's it was sort of like I I kind of like felt this real connection to being able to actually benefit, you know, uh I felt like I could actually benefit society rather than just like sucking from it. Um, by by being a farmer, that was sort of my objective or my you know idea. So, how did you know, or what was your transition like from going from that research self education phase to running Radical Root? Yeah. So, so the last it couple, wasn't some magic sign. Yeah. Well, <laughs> would, I, would everything fell together perfectly? <laughs> and this is and this is where Alex and I kind of differ a little bit. So, the last internship we were on together, we'd actually got married. 
um, at that farm. That so we how were. many years ago now? You so think? that was nine years ago. So, um, uh, yeah, nine years ago this month. So, yeah, we had gotten married on that farm while we were Farmers still never remember anniversaries in August, do they? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. In retrospect, that was a terrible time Birthdays, for us to get no, I don't have them in August. Do yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, after we got married at that farm, uh, I had wanted to apply at another farm um, and said, okay, let's just keep going. Let's, you know, intern at a couple more places maybe. And Alex was, you know, we kind of had this back and forth where he was said, no, we're ready. Let's just start now. Um, so in retrospect, we maybe should have had one more internship, but also maybe I would have never felt really like ready to, you know, do a, uh, to go out on our own. So, um, yeah, it's no magic formula there, yeah, but you got it. No. Well, it's nice to have a partnership too, where you can, you can push each other along. We right. had that actually happen where a young couple like yourselves came and wanted to intern with us. And I mean, they were fantastic growers. They yeah. were hands down better than us. They had all this experience. And we said, no, <laughs> you need to start your own place. And we were part of that nudge at the right time where oh, cool. they did just fine. But but it's it's scary, right? What were yeah. some of your, your – so, so when you started, were you on the land here or you were some – No. So we've moved a few times. So the first – so we had actually applied – and this is actually where it was gets kind of concerned up at us was that – um, I said, well, let's just apply to a few places for internships and just see what happens. We applied at a place called Growing Home, which is a organization in Chicago. Um, they just have a, an urban uh, location now, but they used to have a rural location, too, in Illinois. Um, and when we wrote to them, they thought we were writing to rent this parcel of land to start our own business so you were ready yeah whether you realized it or not and so alex was like well they're kind of offering it to us let's just take it so we that's where we started it was only it was less it was only it was less than an acre so it wasn't very much um but that was our first place where we started. And we were only there one year because we couldn't expand after that. So um, it was meant to be sort of an incubator yes, kind of situation. Exactly. It was meant to be sort of an incubator yeah, situation. So after that, we um, we realized if we wanted to grow, we would need to rent somewhere bigger. And Prairie Crossing was kind of on our radar, too, because we had learned about them um at the liberty prairie foundation at prairie crossing um and they and they had like a very much more formal incubator program there um which it was really sort of a godsend for us at the time because you know with two people with no not very much money and no land in our family i mean it was it's a hard it's a hard road if you don't have and some. how do you define an incubator i know there's different kinds but it's more of a structured situation or you're not you're obviously you're not buying land or investing in right capital right yeah it's actually it's really it's cool it's um you're able to rent land from the incubator program and you're also able to do things like um rent tractors by the hour or um and you're supposed to slowly sort of build up your own equipment as you're there um as the years go on and they want you to be there or prairie crossing wanted us to be there five five years that was their kind of ideal like they want farmers to be there five years and be able to launch off after that so it's like a, a decent launching amount of time it it's is. not just one year i mean that's it's a good amount of time for to fair, start yeah. your business for sure so yeah it was pretty ideal for us at the time and did you know you always want to do vegetables from the start or 
Yeah, we know. I knew we always. I always want to do vegetables, um, for sure. And yeah, and Alex liked growing vegetables too. Um, and we also knew eventually we wanted to have animals as well. Um, we didn't have animals there at Prairie Crossing, but right when we moved here at our new location, we um we did get animals right away to, um, and uh and yeah, I mean, I sort of wanted a more of like a sort of a clue closed loop system farm um that was sort of always my intention is to have an animal rotation system in place where we could work with the vegetables um to have to enrich the soil um and also have you know animals grazing um for their nutrition too so yeah it's sort of i sort of wanted it to be like a very like sort of a sustainable system of farming in that sort of sense excellent so you came to your land here then you've been here you said couple years right? four years four so yes yeah. so after right after our five-year mark actually so we were just you know there's we were kind of at the end of our run at prairie crossing um it was sort of this like oh what do we do now and uh, you know we knew we couldn't afford anything at that time because we still weren't a very profitable we were still sort of breaking even basically every year um so we were sort of this like crossroads of we don't know what to do and we could, you know, just take out a bunch of loans and, you know, and move somewhere. But you know, our markets at that time, we were really thinking, well, we really want to have Chicago be our main place. And the farther out we move, the, you know, harder it's going to be. But um, yeah. And then they had asked us, Larry Prairie Foundation asked us if we would be interested in renting a centennial farm, which it which is this place uh, about three miles from Prairie Crossing. So we're about three miles from there right now. So you're in like the Libertyville here is the northern suburbs of Chicago. It's very right. suburb, right? I mean, very it's, suburban. We're not, we're not country. We've got land around Yes, which is sort of, it's a very unusual situation. So this property was basically saved from development um, and it was bought by a conservation organization in order to keep it a farm. So it's been a farm since 1863. It's a very old place. And so the conservation organization wanted to have it farmed organically. So they wanted to find farmers to rent this place um, in sort of a long-term lease. So we're in a very stable situation where we're able to keep signing our lease, you know, every 10 years. Um, And so it's sort of like a a very stable situation for us. So it's, uh, which is nice to have that stability because if you're just renting land, you know, at, we, at Prairie Crossing, we never got to plant perennials or all these other things I really wanted to do. Um, so here I was able to do, I'm able to do those things. Yeah. So, so you have roots. Yeah. But you're doing it in some creative ways as far as land access goes. Right. You're not in debt, at least to your land. Right? Yes. So that's true. We're not in debt. Like, yes. We did have to take out a loan. Yeah, we are in some debt, but it's not the debt that we would have been in. Or if, if we, we had, had to purchase a place like yes, this where you're located. Exactly. Yes. And this place we would never, I mean, the problem with a lot of areas like in this area is that it's so expensive. There's no way a farmer like us could buy a place like this. So. That was funny. We were driving over here and there are, of course, all these subdivisions popping up that have like farm-like names. <laughs> you know, so and so acres and, right. and, and home starting at a million plus. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, okay, well, good for you. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Thank you very much, Allison. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots Project. 
This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.